On today's Locked on Jayhawks, Marcus Adams asks out of his national letter of intent, the wild, wild offseason for KU basketball just continues to get even more crazy. We're going to discuss what this means, repercussions of it, where does KU go from here, how it impacts the rotation, all that and more on today's edition of the show. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Eric John, you can hear me as well, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us, like and subscribe to us on our YouTube page. And uh, thank you to all the everydayers out there for tuning in to all the shows each and every day and, and making this a part of your morning, afternoon, or whenever you listen. So the big news of the day, Marcus Adams is out, um, came in as a four-star, highly rated four-star recruit, kind of depends where you look exactly where he ranked, but pretty consistently, um, you know, top 70 recruit in the country. And you look at like 24-7 sports, top 50 recruit in the country, someone who reclassified, uh, he, he originally was on commitment day sounded like he was going to commit to UCLA he's from the and um then Bill Self came a calling and um I think from KU's perspective they might have initially when they were recruiting him wanted him to stay in the class of 2024 but maybe for him he was like i want to reclass up to 2023 and get this thing going now so i'm going to go to ucla and then on on the day of recruiting and this is me kind of speculating that ku called now this part we do know that marcus adams said there was a last minute phone call with bill self and you know that's what got him to to commit to ku um and so maybe it was like hey we will take you in 2023 and then that was like okay well then you are my number one school at that point and then it was last minute change ends up coming to ku top 50 or some nights where he's dominating this like all-star game but uh all the all the teams that he's kind of playing at his high school level he's playing at a lower level of high school so the question was clearly the talents there you can see the scoring ability and the acumen and the athleticism and you know all, all this stuff that would make him a really good prospect possibly um but it was a question of how that would pare down once you played against tougher competition because he wasn't playing on a very difficult high school level compared to maybe some of these other players. So was it going to be a harder learning curve for him coming to KU? Here's what he posted on his uh, Twitter page. I want to thank Jayhawk Nation and Coach Self and Townsend for being a great help in my development and time here. Your support showed me a lot. To the fans, thank you for all the help with the media and the in-person love. I would like to request a release from my national letter of intent in order to find out where I truly belong. It was a hard decision. I decided it would be better for my family. I will reopen my recruitment as well. Thank you, and please respect my decision. Um, I do think here, like, thank you to the coaches for being great help in my development here. It's like, well, you're here for like two weeks. How much development did you get? Uh, nonetheless, uh, I've seen some fans like go after him on, on social media. Don't be that guy. Really, don't be. That. Let him be. Let him do his thing. You know, let him decide where he wants to go. All that sort of stuff. It didn't work out. What could have happened, though? Because this this is not something that you see happen 
too often. I mean, he joined the team. He got here about a, a week after a lot of the other guys got here. And he was here for, I don't know, what, a month? Didn't make it to boot camp and is leaving the team. So what could have happened? I almost want to call this the Jack Whitman. You remember Jack Whitman? He was a big man who came in and uh, transferred to KU, spent similar time, I don't know, maybe a month, maybe two, of the offseason with KU, and then was like, nah, you know what? This ain't for me. I ain't doing this. Now, what, what could that be? Could that be that? Um, you because there is a difference between Bill Self, the recruiter, and Bill Self, the coach, right? Bill Self, the recruiter, he's gonna be, to be honest, he's gonna be like, We're gonna coach you hard, and you know, nothing's gonna be given. You're gonna have to compete, you're gonna have to earn everything that you get in playing time. You do have to earn, um. He doesn't lie about that, but it's one thing when you hear that, I think, as a recruit, and then you're like, ah, how hard can it really be? And then you actually get in there, Bill Self's yelling at you, and it's a really hard practice, and you're playing against a bunch of really other good players, and you realize, okay, this this is a little bit different, right? And for some guys, that's just not their cup of tea. Um, now, this isn't ideal. I thought Marcus Adams was going to be a really good player down the road for Kansas. I thought that he... He could maybe crack the rotation this year and that by year two, year three, he could be like legitimately like that all conference player for KU down the road. So you don't love this. You also don't love. I know he has a younger brother who is seen as being maybe even better than he is in the class of, I think, 2025 or 2026. Uh, that probably goes out the window now with that recruitment. Um, but also like you would rather you would rather get this out of the way now than this be a problem over the course of all season. Like if he was going to pout in the locker room and if he was going to be a problem for the coaching staff all year long, you'd rather get, get just kind of rip the bandaid off here as opposed to having to deal with that all season. And then he transfers at the end of the year after being kind of a, an energy suck on the team. And that's not, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case of what he was doing. I'm just saying probably best for all parties. If you realize this thing isn't going to work, best for him that he can start his career somewhere else, somewhere else. Best for KU that you don't have to worry about uh, it, it kind of bringing the team down, so to speak. Um, so I don't know if that's what it was. I don't know if it was because of being coached harder than he thought was going to be. I don't know if it has something to do with him getting here and mentioned in, in an interview i think it was a Shreyas lot of the kansas city star when he committed that he intends to be a one and done to be clear a lot of freshman players say that i remember ernest uday said that before the year and obviously that's not something that ends up happening i think a lot of these guys who are even four star recruits top 100 recruits think that oh, i'm so close at this point going to kansas like of course i'm right next to making it to the nba right and, and don't realize that it is a harder path if you're not one of those like top 15 five-star kind of guys to make it straight to the nba um but that does tell you that like you know maybe he had the thoughts of coming in like oh i'm gonna be a starter of course like i'm gonna be a starter i'm gonna be a one and done and then he gets here and he's playing against some of these guys and he's like man these guys might be better than me like i'm not i might be a back end of the rotation player and it's like maybe i'm looking for another spot so it could be that it could be the coaching hard thing maybe you weren't meshing well with the team i i don't know what it could possibly be uh but you know there are there are a couple different things you could kind of hit on um that then you go back to the idea that yeah the the lack of competition at his high school level um maybe it was a tough for learning curve and, and you do have the stories like you think back to Joel Embiid and you know he gets dunked on by Tarek Black on the first day of practice and he's asking Bill Self if he can redshirt and Bill Self's like no just stick with it like 
you'll figure it out eventually. It's still early on in your career. That's a, you know, 22, 23 year old. Um, but some guys, you know, you, you lose that confidence right away and, and you need to go somewhere else. I, again, I don't, I don't know what exactly went into that decision for uh, Marcus Adams, but you know, it, it certainly creates more roster parity in a year where there has been more roster parity than any year that I can with KU basketball. And, you know, even if you think back and like, I, I almost feel comfortable being like, this is the wildest off season ever. Did I ever cover or do I have a lot of idea what went on during the offseason in some of the years in the 80s or 90s or 70s or 60s? No, not really. But also those years, like you just figure a lot of those guys stayed in school longer. Like that was just the name of the game. There wasn't as rampant of a transfer portal or guys going pro early. You think about how many guys transferred out, how many guys transferred in. You've had two freshmen now ask out of their national letter of intents. You're still recruiting. You still only have 10 scholarship players. You have less scholarships. You're still recruiting guys on July 17th. Like, it's pretty crazy what's going on out here. So uh, let's talk next about where it from here. What's the responding move of the Jayhawks and Bill Self and how this could impact the rotation um, we had our, our minutes projection rotation, I think, a week ago on Locked on Jayhawks. So we'll do a little bit of an update to that here with the show. First, though, this episode of Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's a lot of free cash. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. You can bet on some future stuff, like I'm all in on, on the open betting this week with the golf tournament. You can bet on futures for college basketball. They've already got stuff up there. I think Hunter Dickinson's going off at like 12-1 to 1 to win National Player of the Year. Boom, you can use it on that. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super. Super easy to use. Plus, you can win and you can get paid instantly if you do. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, on to uh, where does KU go from here? What's the responding move? There's been a lot of talk about uh, KU recruiting this uh, uh, Fernfi guy or, or Funfi. I, I, I forget how to pronounce it from Australia. So we'll see if that goes anywhere. Uh, Looking to the, uh, you know, international route. I'm trying to think. I think the last time KU went the international route was probably Sfi. Unless I'm missing someone off the top of my head. And, you know, that worked out well for KU. Obviously more of a long-term guy. Um, Sfi ended up being, you know, he didn't really play as a freshman or a sophomore by he started to get some minutes as a sophomore, but wasn't firm part of the rotation. And then by year three, he was a firm part of the rotation. Then by year four was an absolute stud, right? Um, so that really worked out for KU from, from that standpoint. You know, it would have been that land Ithiel Horton, the guy who uh, from UCF, Pittsburgh, and some of these other schools, Duquesne, I think, uh, who ended up transferring to Texas and not taking his visit to, to Kansas. This would have, that would have given him extra insurance for this. Um, now, it's, it's not the biggest I, I don't know loss in the world in terms of just this year because Marcus is probably going to be a starter and and you know I, I had him projected for 10 minutes per game so like you can easily fill that in a lot of different ways you can easily fill that with the guys you currently have on your roster that you know it did sound like Marcus Adams like maybe it was 
is more of a struggle, is more of a step up in terms of those first few practices that he was having at Kansas. Now, again, I've, I've talked about, yeah, sometimes with freshmen, like even with Grady Dick last year, like I, I heard stories about uh, during the offseason in practice, like that Grady Dick, there were some scouts there, like NBA scouts, and like, yeah, this guy's probably going to be a two and done. And that was kind of Bill Self's thought too. But then something clicked. So who's to say that Marcus Adams in another month or two of practice, something would have just clicked, right? You, you don't know that to be the case. Uh, but it could just be filled like, oh, Jamari McDowell or Parker Brown or whatever. Um, but you that does possibly present you with some minutes to give out to somebody coming in, or it could be a developmental player. You go the long-term route and basically say, well, I don't know how much Marcus Adams is going to play this year. Let's get somebody who is going to be more comfortable being in that long-term role, and we don't have to worry about they're upset with their role. Um, you could bring in a veteran player. We, we always talk about the Jalen Coleman-Lands role, a veteran uh, kind of grad transfer who comes in with the expectation of being like, yeah, there's some games I'll be in the rotation. Some games I might only play five minutes. Some games I might play 10, 15, but I just want to be a part of a winning roster, set myself up for basketball afterwards, get some good connections, be on a winning team, that sort of thing. How many guys are, are, are out there that, that fall into that? Because that is more of kind of a rare situation. I don't know. That kind of remains to be seen, but now you're back to 10 scholarships. If you are KU, and the idea here is to play with at least 11, possibly 12. I mean, it seemed very clear they were going for a 12th guy before Marcus Adams. You wonder if Marcus Adams moving makes KU just say, yeah, you know what? If we get back to 11, okay, let's just sit this time, right? Because at, at this point, it feels like every time you get back to 11 and you're like, well, could we add a 12th? Then you go back down to 10. But I do think it's complicated a bit by the Arterio Morris situation. So Morris is scheduled for a trial on August 2nd. He won't be with the team, I guess, unless there's a uh, uh, if there's some sort of settlement between now and, and then that that could allow him to um, get out and go to Puerto Rico. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but if he has to stay put and, and do his trial, he wouldn't be in Puerto Rico. So you'd only have nine scholarship players there, which um, I, I do think it would be difficult at this point for KU to probably add another scholarship player before then and, and get them on the Puerto Rico trip. So maybe you'll be seeing some walk-ons actually get some minutes in that game, like Jankovic or, you know, the Carter kid coming over from CSUN. Um, but I think, you know, if, you, if you're KU, you're definitely adding one player to 11 scholarships. Just, it's, we're already running out of options to get that 11 scholarship guy. You know, how are we going to get to 12? So I think ideally, ideally Kansas would like to get up to 12, but because you're running out of us, I feel like 11 is probably the most likely situation, even though they'd like to get to that 12th. Um, the 12th to me might be more indicative of what's going to happen with the Arterio Mori, right? Like your 11 scholarship guy might be more indicative of adding another rotational, like kind of wing type, uh, developmental guy, which, you know, can kind of be your Marcus. If you do add it, that could be indicative of what happened with, or what went down at this point, if you add them after it happens, the Arterio Morris situation to where it's like it's insurance in case there's some sort of suspension or or something that that hurts it long term. So that's kind of my view on on how they're going to take the scholarships at this point. It seemed like there's a lot of like like we had over the uh you know June and, and May and stuff a lot of guys where it was like oh this is a transfer target we're doing transfer deep dives. Doesn't feel like there's as many 
um, targets or like names that are kind of floating out there right now with KU, which again goes back in line with me thinking that, yeah, maybe 11 will be more likely just because you are kind of running out of your options here. But yeah, talking about guys that they can reclassify in the class of 2024, um, maybe. And I feel like by now, anybody who's been in the transfer portal, it's like, well, like if Kansas wanted them, they would have already circled to them by now, right? So it's got to be either somebody who would have to reclass in 2024, I would think, a European prospect, or uh, maybe a grad transfer who is finishing up summer class here in the next couple weeks and then is going to graduate and transfer. Those would be the ones that I would kind of be looking to here, which makes it hard to diagnose exact names because with some of those grad transfers, you don't know. Are they going to graduate and transfer? Are they not? And I'm not going to go through a list of every graduate transfer uh, in college basketball. Or, or every graduate player that has the opportunity to transfer, I should say. All right, let's finish things up with how does this affect the rotation for KU basketball with Locked on Jayhawks? Finishing things up with Locked on Jayhawks, how does this affect the rotation for KU basketball? We did our minutes projection about a week or so ago, two weeks ago on the show for, you know, how would the minutes be allocated? And we kind of divvied everything out that it, it basically you had your top seven guys. Of Elmarco Jackson, Artario Morris, DeWitt, Fuller, KJ Adams, Nick Timberlake, and Hunter Dickinson. And that left you with one more rotation spot uh, um, for about 10 minutes per game. And there were ways to shave off minutes, you know, get a few off this guy or that guy to make that maybe a bigger role, maybe, you know, 15, 18, 20 minutes per game, right? If you really wanted to and, and constrict minutes in other ways. But basically there is that spot for an eighth man. And, and that was kind of the conversation of like, you know, Marcus Adams or Jamari McDowell or, or Parker Brown. Um, this is going to be something I'm going to teeter on like all, all off season, I feel like. And to be clear at the beginning of the, like before anything happened in the off season, I was okay. I think Marcus Adams will be that guy. Then we got a chance to hear from Jamari McDowell, see him practice a little bit um camp scrimmages and i was like oh no it's going to be jamari mcdowell he fits that perfect role three and d type wing like that's the type of guy that gets on the floor he can play those 10 15 minutes per game and because he fits a certain role it makes more sense then i saw another camp scrimmage and you saw the talent of marcus adams his scoring acumen i was like ah, i'm back on marcus adams parker brown to, to this point hadn't been at the camp scrimmages so you know maybe that was impacting my decision too so i went back to marcus adams and that's why i gave him the 10 minutes per game now marcus adams obviously gone and i think beyond him just being gone so obviously he can't and won't get minutes um i think probably the practices might have been indicative of that yeah he might not have been that guy anyway right if he's leaving and doesn't feel like he's gonna get a ton of playing time and he was having maybe a tough time um that, that maybe it was jamari mcdowell or parker browns to lose at that point um it would be easy for me to just go back to jamari mcdowell i kind of want to actually go to parker brown now like i i i think there have been some good reviews about parker brown so far um in the practices and stuff for KU that I'm kind of leaning toward. Now you mix it around where it's like, okay, Hunter Dickinson gets 30 minutes at the five Parker Brown's your backup five for those 10 minutes per game. He's part of the rotation. Now KJ's playing all of his minutes at the four. He's getting, you know, his, his 25 minutes per game or whatever it is at the four, the other 15 minutes of the four go into like Kevin McCuller and Kevin's playing his other, whatever, 15 minutes per game at the three. And then, 
Timberlake, Morris, Jackson, and, and Dewan are eating up the one, two minutes and the rest of the three minutes. Like that uh, seems to make sense for me. I still wouldn't be shocked if it's Jamari McDowell. And like I said, ask me again in two weeks. Maybe I'll say Jamari McDowell gets those 10 minutes and he's the eighth guy in the rotation. But I think right now I'd lean toward the experience of Parker Brown. And and like I said, I, I do think there have been some, some good reviews there that he might have been ahead of Marcus Adams for this year at least to begin with so it is a tough move because I, I did think the potential in the long-term outlook of Marcus Adams was good but you know maybe he wasn't looking to the long term and um, like I said it, you don't want any unhappy parties so maybe this is for the best long term we'll see where KU goes from here maybe we'll discuss some of those possible options that if we can find some um, on a coming episode of Locked on Jayhawks Coming up on our next episode, though, we're going to be joined by Nick Schwartz. It's been a bit since uh, we've gotten to talk to Nick. So we'll talk to him about uh, this kind of KU basketball wild offseason. We have some crossover KU football, KU basketball questions with him. And then uh, later this week, too, we're going to do a recap of um, Big 12 Media Day for KU football and, and things we learned and, and biggest takeaways for that from last week. All right, this has been Locked on. We'll see you. You can follow wherever you, any of your podcasts. You can find on YouTube, like, and subscribe to the show. Give me a follow on Twitter at D Johnson radio. Have a good one. See you next time.